Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to After Work Drinks, the weekly podcast brought to you by two journalists and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill, who debrief on the week that was over a bottle of red wine. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, Isabel. Hello, Grace. How are we? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I um, just went to my first F45 class ever. I'm excited to hear about this because I feel like it's not my scene. No. Well, I thought it wasn't my scene either. I thought it was very culty and that I'd have like big buff men kind of screaming at me while techno music played yes um it was just two beautiful women who i like now have a crush on beautiful soulful women yeah and they were so nice and high-fived me at the end which i would usually be quite against but i was like fine with them um so yeah i'm in the cult love are you gonna go again soon yes i'm gonna go tomorrow at 6 a.m oh my god you're Mm -hmm. so crazy yeah new year new me is actually happening god how's your week been um, my week's been good. I've been on a high consumption drive because I feel like I haven't really been like going out much. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was like, I'm going to go out less. And now I'm like, guys, <laughs> <laughs> no friends. Someone please contact me. Um, I've been like religiously listening to the Hamilton soundtrack, which I'm not totally proud of. Wow. Um, you know about Hamilton, right? No. It's that. Um, oh, I know what it is. Yeah, but I thought you meant there was some reason that you were now listening to it. No, no, I don't know mm. why. I just have been blasting it, and I've just I've listened the whole way through. So I've essentially like seen the play that's like three hours long via my ears. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I've just been driving Zach insane with it because I'm just. I wish you could do like a super montage of like me and him walking. And I'm like, and then in 1764, Alexander Hamilton did this, and then blah 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 blah. blah. And I'm just like filling him with facts, and he's just like shut the fuck up but i love it i know it's like a bit is it i don't is it lame i don't know i can't I'm figure gonna it out probably go with you megan markle's a fan mm, lame. Definitely yeah. lame. 
Um, I also discovered Esther Perel's podcast, which I know I'm like quite behind the times on that, but it's just the most amazing podcast series I've ever listened to. Do yeah, you, when you yeah. posted about it, I well, I've heard about it because the Hilo recommended it ages ago. Yeah, right? it's just been bouncing around yeah. in my brain. It's like something I need to consume. Um, but when you posted about it the other night, I screenshotted and then downloaded the episodes, but I haven't listened yet. I actually completely forgot. I always do this when I walk home and I'm like, oh, I have literally not one podcast to listen to. And I have so many. Yeah. I think once you get like, listen to one, you'll just like suck them all up because it's, so she's a um, Belgian sort of, uh, she's a psychologist, but a sort of sex and relationships counselor. And her, her podcast is basically sessions with couples played in full and they cover everything from affairs to people who can't have children to um a lesbian couple and one of the partners uh came out as trans and transitioned and like all the the weird sexual hang-ups that came with that and it's just so fascinating and and she's so empathetic and funny and it's just i'm just obsessed with it i'm gonna listen there's an episode called speak french to me and it's just like it's the best podcast episode i've ever listened to oh my god at the risk of sounding <laughs> other than ours yeah other than our last Obviously. one on botox yeah, yeah. <laughs> second um and i've also listened to I, f- I thought i'd listened to every interview with anthony bourdain but i listened to his one with mark Marin, um and i just loved it so much because he talked a lot about um, I just love whenever he talks about food and he talked about how food became this great way for him when he was traveling to like find common ground with people who he didn't agree with politically or whose cultures he had practices he found really confronting and crazy. He just said the whole practice of like having someone prepare food for you and sitting and eating with them kind of wipes away so much of that bullshit and it makes it easy for you to relate to other human beings so he was talking about being in Saudi Arabia or being in towns in Africa where they practice like genital mutilation on their daughters and he kind of you know he was like Mm. I can come in and just be this asshole that's just like you shouldn't do that like naughty naughty or I can just sit down and be like okay let's just try and see what we have in common and he's like 90% of the time it's much more that you have in common with them than you don't so I loved that I wish he was around to make some sort of political food show mm, the um, best. and then i watched the clinton affair which we recommended slow burn ages ago mm-hmm. um it's the same story like the bill clinton Lewinsky scandal but monica's actually interviewed in this which is the first time she's done like a oh it's a new one right? about it. yeah it's yeah. a new one it's not actually out in australia yet i had yeah. to like give my mac a virus i was getting <laughs> yeah. like all these horrible porn pop-ups and stuff because <laughs> i had to go down like the darkest hole to get the uh, streaming for it but um it's it kind of breaks it down in a much better way i thought than slow burn did because it was clinton's whole presidency was like marred by several accusations of either sexual harassment rape um general harassment and then obviously the affair with affair with monica which was consensual but they all sort of played in together and were really utilized by these ultra right-wing conservative men and it, it basically just frames it as like all of these women were just being played against each other for political gain um and they all were ultimately the ones that suffered the most for it really like mm. especially monica like she was just so naive and so clueless and just all of these bigger things were going on and our favorite brett kavanaugh makes a weird appearance in it he was like a lawyer working for ken star 
who was investigating Bill Clinton and he kind of, they were called the elves and they, they basically came up with this idea that this woman who was suing Bill Clinton for sexual harassment, that if they got him to lie about having sex with Monica Lewinsky in that hearing, they could get him done for impeachment because he lied under oath. Oh my God. So Kavanaugh like brainstormed that whole thing. And I was like, of what? course you were involved, yeah. like, you little liar. <laughs> like he's just around, like just yeah. a little, yeah, I hate him. Anyway, so that's really, really okay. good. Need to watch. And the last thing is that I've just got really, really into interiors mm-hmm. this week, like in the last I seven love days. Interiors. I just, I just, something has switched in my brain and I'm like, I just need to consume every single thing to do with interiors. Zach got angry at me because I went to the St. Vincent's on Glee Point Road and just bought all these like Art Deco champagne flutes and like cups. Yeah. And he was like, this is not what our joint account is for. Like, Yeah, there's actually one of them stop. on my drawers at my house, which is like oh, yeah. broken. I know. They are pretty cool though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not, a, not an essential. But I've also found all these really good Instagram accounts for interiors if anyone's interested topic um so studio ashby is this really cool london designer love all of her stuff amy astley is the editor-in-chief of architectural digest i just keep reading all their stuff on twitter no on pinterest um decor hardcore just has like really cool stuff too decor hardcore (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> um, I can just feel the energy zapping from you as I know. I'm listing these out. I promise it's I the do last care, one. but I'm just probably not going to go and follow them. Yeah, but okay. other people might. Yeah, and Matilda Goad, G O A D. She has cool like pots and cups and <laughs> seashell cool. stuff. Anyway, that's all from me. Oh, and I saw the favorite, and it was awesome. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's so good. Oh, I'm so it's super. It's weird. Like it's weird. It just came out, huh? Yeah. Emma Stone and everyone. And Rachel Weiss. And yeah. yeah, it's like very, it's done in the kind of like, not Shakespearean, but that old school mm. language. Like it's it's weird, but I, I loved it. Well, one of my recommendations is another yes. movie. Um, Green. <laughs> <That's> so <great>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm like, will you shut up about your fucking pots? I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> my turn. Um, is it Green Book? Which... Um, I think I've already told you I loved. Have I? No, you haven't told me. I saw the ad for it last night and I was like, this just looks heaven. Oh, I, I was like crying it. in the ad. Love. So uh, stars Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. Um, and it's based on a true story of uh, a black pianist in the 1960s called Dr. Don Shirley and the Italian-American bodyguard he hires to drive and protect him on his tour of the South in the 1960s. It's one of those films where you kind of, you know, even just from the trailer, what it's going to be about. Yes. Like, and their relationship and how they move forward. And um, Tony, who's the bodyguard who was born in the Bronx, he, in like the first scenes, you can tell he's very racist. And um, then he basically only works for Don Shirley because he's going to pay him lots of money and he needs a job. Um, But then like, yeah, it's, it's just this really great film, which is both funny and also like very serious and it touches on really important issues um and I loved it we left the cinema and I was just like I think that's probably the best film I've seen since three billboards outside of Ealing, oh, Missouri nice it's this year's version mm. it's been a good I feel like this is a good Oscars year because like there's no big huge movie but every little movie is good yeah yeah I left and I was like why didn't this clean up at the Golden Globes why isn't it why isn't there like Oscars mm. 
fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, but it up. actually did. I, I Googled it and I was like, it won Best Picture for Musical or Comedy section. Oh. And yeah, like what the biggest <laughs> award it could win of its of what it was nominated in. Best Screenplay, Emma Hirschler Ali won Best Supporting Actor. He's just like wonderful. Mm. I just love him. So it's probably going to win really big at Oscars, which so. I'm really excited for. You know, no, when you just seen it. you're behind a film and yeah. you're like, yes. Izzy's behind you, yeah. Green Book. <laughs> um, and another thing I have been hooked on this week is The Pineapple Project, which is ABC's money podcast. A great listener recommended that to us. Yes. I? I have not yet listened to it because I was knee deep in affairs <laughs> yeah um and it's hosted by australian comedian claire hooper so yeah we got message about this from a listener saying that she like highly recommends it to sort our money issues out and yes. i'm already up to episode six it's really good because it starts off with money in general and then it goes into specific facets such as like getting out of credit card debt how to budget how to save for a house oh. all these are how, money in relationships which is one that i actually kind of loved yeah. you know how you were talking about esther perel's and how it has real couples yeah and it's like two real well, real couples talking in it. And the That's woman's great. just like, yeah, I spend too much. And he's just like, yes, you bloody do. Like, it's, I'm like, this is just this this is my relationship. Scene, yeah. <laughs> um, and another thing which everyone has been talking about that is fucking great is the Fire Festival documentary. So, which? Yeah, which Grace O'Neill stars in. <laughs> I honestly turned it on on Netflix and was watching and just lying in bed. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And then I was like, what the fuck? And had to pause it. And it was just Grace's name. Yeah. And like t- like 12 minutes in, because they start talking about, you know, how they sent all the models, like Emrata and Bella Hadid and all those Victoria's Secret models to the Bahamas to promote the Fire Festival. When they were there, everyone was reporting on all of them being on vacation and what they were wearing and what they were doing. And Grace wrote an article for Harper's Bazaar and then... Out of all of the press in the yeah. world, like the entire world, they picked up like three stories and yours was one of them. And it's just mostly your name. Like it's not Yeah, even it's like, like you can't even see the headline. No. That's why I was like, this is yet again an example of if you were like, did you write about the Bahamas trip that those girls took before the fire festival? I'd be like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, and I'm literally like happen. featured in the documentary. I feel like I wrote that. Like I'm probably, <laughs> I honestly do. Like I'm like, I actually remember writing that. I think you would have wrote it when it, when the fire festival drama actually happened. Because no. that trip was like months before. I know, but I remember this happening and us being in the office. Oh, but maybe I wrote it for God. Al and they picked up yours. I know, that would be like <laughs> the best ever. I mean, I actually Google that. Um, yeah, it's so great. I need to watch the documentary. It's weirdly put me off, like... What has? My name being... Like, I don't know. It hasn't really. I'm just like not compelled to watch it. Oh, you need to. You'll love it. Yeah, you and Zach will have love it. Okay. So everyone knows about the Fire Festival, but basically it just documents like everything leading up to it everything that happens afterwards like it's just absolutely crazy it would be like me and you deciding tonight that we're going to organize a festival and then yep. putting tickets online tonight for a festival that starts next month and selling six thousand tickets yeah right and being like oh yeah you get to go to like paris with mm. return class business flights yep. and stay at like Ritz. On the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was being like, crazy. We'll just figure it out later. It's just like watching a car crash Is in it slow good motion. because it, did, it like, because I think when it happened, what people loved was that it was kind of like a bit of like schadenfreude or whatever, where it was like, ha ha, all these rich assholes like got fucked over. Like, does it, yeah, does it not take itself too seriously in that sense? Um, So it's more just well, like, it is quite sad because a lot of the 
actual locals in the Bahamas helped so much to put the ah. festival on. Like they were they were working and working and working day and night to try and do this because apparently like they were going to get paid and then none of them got paid. Oh, that's awful. It was, it's that's horrible, awful, yeah. yeah. But one of the women, um, she was a local restaurant owner and she lost $50,000 due to the festival, like all of her life savings. And she started crying on the camera because she was a local restaurant owner. So she paid her staff out of her own money, even though she hadn't gotten paid because mm. she couldn't just let them go hungry. Um, a GoFundMe page that was set up has raised her 150k. That's so nice. So nice. Um, so Love. everyone should watch that. Um, Billy is the worst. And another thing I did was go to Leon Bridges. At yes, the Pavilion. this was a little romantic gesture that you. Yeah, I surprised um, Anton because Leon Bridges is our main guy. We love him, and we've seen him before. Um, and we both really wanted to go, but we're sort of we're in like as everyone knows, money save mode. <laughs> um, and so we didn't buy tickets and we sort of just didn't talk about it again. And then I surprised him with tickets and we went. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know his music, he's an incredible American soul singer and it was the best. We were just like dancing around the whole night. Yeah, you were saying that there was people doing like sort of like a, a 50 jibe sort yeah. of dancing. Yeah, it was so be, good, like yeah. twirling around. Oh, it's so mm. wholesome. Yeah. And I also started illegally streaming Dirty John. Um, oh my God, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm so jealous. So it comes out in a couple of weeks on Netflix and it's based off the real life true story and a podcast called Dirty John. And it's really good. I mean, Izzy, we're obsessed with the yeah, podcast. Yeah, so good. Um, I think we both listened to it in one day. Like, I just remember yeah. if you did like a super cut of like me at the gym on like the cross trainer, like me, like <laughs> in the shops after work, me, like yeah. I was just in Dirty John all day. Yeah. Um, and I'm up to the last episode, which I'm going to watch tonight. Oh, I'm so jealous. And Anton hasn't listened to the podcast, so he has no idea what's going on. Uh, that's so, I, that's good because yeah. it, it all comes together in the last episode. Yeah. Like you're kind of like, what, 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 what? Oh my God. Yeah. So amazing. Another piece I really loved was Clementine Ford's piece on the Sydney Morning Herald, which she wrote last Thursday after the death of Israeli student Aya Masawi. Um, it's titled Men of Australia, It's Time to Pick Your Side. And... Obviously, when something like that happens, she was a young woman walking home and was sexually assaulted and then murdered, which is very similar to that of Eurydice Dixon. It happened in Melbourne as well. Yeah. She was actually walking home from a comedy festival as well, from a oh, comedy she, show as yeah. well, both of them. And apparently she lived only a couple of suburbs across from Gilma. Oh, so crazy. Yeah. yeah, when something like this happens, it's very, like intense i feel like our feelings around it like grace mullane really shook us yeah again this has happened just like a couple months later um but clementine ford said in her piece men you need to ask yourselves which side of the line you want to be on do you want to be one of the bricks in the wall that adds to the foundation of sexism and misogyny that helps create the structure to which the worst of men can ascend to the most frightening of levels or do you want to be part of the team that's tearing it down it's your choice pick your side Somewhere in Australia right now, there's a woman reading this news who's just like Aya Masawi, like Eurydice Dixon, Tracy Connolly, Jill Ma, Lynette Daly, Vicky Cleary, Anita Cobby, and all the other countless women who came before her. We don't know her name yet, but we will. Pick your side. And that bit was like so haunting to me. Like when I said that bit to Zach, he was like, like had a shiver because it's that idea that the next one of these girls is alive right now and has no idea that it's going to be I know. Her. Absolutely. And I was talking to a friend who went to the Women's March on Sunday. Um, Grace and I had something planned for months, so unfortunately we couldn't go to this, even though we were just desperate to. Um, 
And I had like all these signs planned in my head, but I don't know how <laughs> I know. Even, I was like, I want to make a cute placard. I know. I don't know how you'd bring it into fruition though. I don't even know how to make a placard. I know. And I, all I want now is that Britney Spears one. And someone's so clever. I was yeah. like, oh, I wish I'd thought of a clever one. Yeah. Um, and she was sort of saying that while it was like amazing and powerful and really harrowing at times, um, that in a few parts, it felt like it was very anti-men, which I can totally understand. Like it was, it was based around violence against women, this woman's march specifically. She was just saying that there was like a few speeches or a few parts where it was just very much fuck men and fuck all men. And it was just a very general angry vibe towards men. And I was sort of like, I, while I do understand women have a massive right to be angry, if I'd taken Anton along to that, which he was like, we were planning on going and he, until I remember that we couldn't. And he was like very much keen to come with me. And I just know that he would have felt really like kind of, I don't know, awkward and, up, and upset and sort of cornered and like he didn't belong there and like he wasn't supposed to be there. Mm. Um, and like no one wanted his help or his input or him or him even being around. Yeah. And I feel like that's quite a harmful thing. It's just pointless. I, I hate, I get really angry hearing that because I I think we all get really angry and upset about this stuff. All women, when we see this, equally feel like we want to burst into tears, like we're furious, like it's completely unjust what is happening. But I think to like jump then to some sort of basic, simple, no nuance rhetoric, like fuck all men, ha ha, fuck men, like all men are pigs, all men are assholes. Like you're wiping out all of the allies that you actually need to make change. Mm. Like it, we are not going to change change anything us. If men aren't on our side, like yeah. it's just ridiculous. And the, the problem with that is you get someone like an Anton or a Zach who uh, uh, care deeply about the cause, don't know what they can do day to day to help, would think that going to a march or a rally or something like that is a tangible physical thing they can do to show that they support it. And then to get there and have a bunch of people who they think they share an ideology with and they can work with and talk to and have interesting conversations with being like fuck all men fuck like they're just gonna be like oh my god why would i try yeah. like literally why am i gonna bother trying i'm gonna get less shit for saying nothing than i am for coming in and trying to step in and wade into the conversation yeah and i mean we're not saying that we should be responsible like for educating men but i just feel like if we're blocking all of them and telling them they're bad yeah then we're just making them feel isolated and causing an even bigger divide yeah. and it's like we always say that we're preaching to the choir when we talk about gender inequality women's rights and me too on this podcast because the people with the issue or people who are men are not our audience yeah but then are they they're hearing none of that because yeah. no one's really talking to them everyone's just angry at them yeah and i, I the poll i think that what's really hard is is that there's no way for women to be able to look at a man and be able to tell like is this a threat to me or is this an ally to me and that's what's difficult about it mm. because the people that if you're looking in the interest of your own safety the people that you're scared of when you're walking late at night the people that you're crossing the road to avoid the people that you're like moving mm. away from and making really horrible negative assumptions about have to be men because there's no you know they're not carrying around like a rapist sticker like you you don't know mm. so it's hard because that part of your psychology is always kicking in where you know that men are a threat to you but you have to be able to like break that apart and know that super violent men who want to do harm to women make up a very small portion of the population and that men who condemn their behavior men who condemn that behavior we don't really ever hear from them 
because you know you get someone like Matt Damon like I get yeah he tried to speak out and it was like kind of clumsy but like him and Ben Affleck tried to come out after me too and be like this is outrageous and everyone was like shut the fuck up Matt Damon and I was (laughs) and he was just like okay sorry like I'm sorry for saying this is bad yeah and then later people will be like why did no one come out and condemn you know like Mm -hmm. it it kind of feels lose-lose sometimes or that we're only happy to hear from men in this discussion when they're saying something negative that adds to our preconceived idea of them so when someone comes out and defends Louis CK or someone comes out and says something like when Alec Baldwin defends Woody Allen or when Michael Ian Black defends Louis CK, like we're happy to put men in the headlines for speaking out about these things when they're in line with how we view them, when that's them basically being part of this huge sexist agenda system that's anti-women. Yeah. We don't know how to handle men who, who, want to help are are coming out and trying to help and and i totally understand like you said because we don't want to have to cater and pander to their egos and wrap things up in a nice bow and be like please help us out darling honey thank you like i don't think that at all i don't think men deserve Mm. a big pat on the back for speaking out about it but at the same time we can't nitpick and break down everyone who tries to come out and help because then we're all just fucked yeah and also one of the key ways to like one of the few prevention mechanisms that actually work is bystander intervention yes which is stopping someone from saying something derogatory about women stopping your mate from i don't know getting too drunk and trying it on with a girl those yeah. are one of the f- few things that have been proven to work to stop these patterns of behavior yes and it's the men who are around the the men that are doing it 100% like we're not yes standing there to be like stop it when these conversations are happening in the locker room exactly so if we don't have any allies because they're like fucked off that they're being all put in a rapist category yeah or if they're just like it's too much effort it's like it's too much like okay obama has this quote in his interview with anthony bourdain where he's like progress isn't a straight line and it's like we're not gonna we need to be uh, outcome focused like <laughs> is how mm. I feel like mm. we, we're not gonna if we want to get the shit done in the most ideal idealistic way where everyone sees our side and everyone agrees with our politics and everyone agrees with our views and everyone is woke and everyone understands that they need to break down the patriarchy we're going to be waiting for fucking ages like it's just not going to happen like you need imperfect allies who don't see eye to eye with you on a lot of things on your side if you're only going to let people fight for you that agree with you on every single thing we're never ever going to get ahead so you need to be able to take on men who aren't perfect who don't have perfect histories who have made mistakes but those those are the kind of people that we need with us because the the portion of men who are violently killing women is tiny and if they feel like the whole world is against them instead of the whole world is conspiring with them and approving their behavior Mm. it's going to lessen it improve it hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Did you say? Yes. Mm. Sounded like you said approving the behavior. I was like, not approving the rapist. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, I think they feel, they feel like uh, these men, like they're, like we say, they're patterns of behavior and they, they've had lots of moments of approval in their life where they've spoken about women a certain way yeah, or viewed right. women a certain way. And that's been approved by this pattern of silence. Whereas if we get everyone involved and we say, okay, even the men who we don't ideally agree with or whatever we have lots of differences with but still you please be on our side for this thing where you always intervene when you see this and we're not going to see eye to eye on anything else but let's see eye to eye on this Mm. that's the only way this is going to change and like we need to care about it changing we don't need to care about being right all the time and also like i feel like a lot of men who maybe in the past have yeah said something about a woman or have done something that they're probably looking back now and being like that wasn't right they need to as well feel like they can make amends to that because I also yeah. feel like we're alienating so many people that like, yes, I actually, like I do genuinely not like Ben Affleck. So I don't know why he just is popping into my head again. But yeah, I don't he, like him either, but still. No, but still, he should be no, allowed to be yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, he should be allowed to be pro-woman. Yeah. You know, like after, I, I don't know, he was just a bit of a creep to a woman on that MTV yeah. thing. Gross. I find him gross still because Same. of what he did to but Jennifer Garner. But you can equally but... have done something gross in the 90s mm. and be a helpful ally. To, like those things can coexist at the same time. Mm. If yeah. you're looking for a perfect man that's never done anything sexist, yeah. anything derogatory, ever made a bad comment, ever done something inappropriate, ever made a f- woman feel awkward, if they're the only men that can be on our side for this, we're fucked. Yeah. Like we're just fucked. There'll yeah, be yeah. like six standing yeah. in a corner. Yeah. And they'll, exactly. Yeah, it's it's that's not how progress is going to be made and because of this like facebook thought bubble system where everyone just only hangs out and talks to people that think the exact same way as them we've gotten into a pattern of thinking that anyone who doesn't agree with us equals bad Mm. and it's if the only people you talk to think the same as you about everything you need to expand your circle yeah my other thing is that sometimes like i know that it's not right but sometimes i just get angry at Anton because he is a man and it's and I know that it's not right but it's literally it's and it's just because I'm like you can walk down the street without being scared yeah. you don't have to pay for a $15 Uber to get 10 minute the 10 minute walk home you like you don't have to worry about all these little things and so I get angry at him for that and I know that that's really counterproductive and really stupid but I do understand where people's anger comes from we, like, we've we've felt like yeah, this this, this is, is why we're having this conversation because we've been at that point of like so unbelievably angry with men for mm. the experience they get to have compared to us but mm. you've got to acknowledge that and push past it and get on to the next step from there yeah. so and also like the whole thing stems down to equality like us if we yeah. were just thought of as being equal to men then nothing would happen like this yeah well it would very rarely happen because none of these misogynistic behaviors would be allowed yeah so it's like it has to start with that becoming a thing which means we have to start with like 
younger generations and actually be talking to them and that's not even happening now yeah the problem so it's is, like young kids are still just growing up and we're not helping yeah the problem is that a lot of guys aren't like evil or conspiring they just they need to be opened up to the fact that the way it is to exist as a woman is very very different to the way it is to be them and i mm. think that when you're just born and raised with that and you don't know it's really your first instinct is to put your back up and be defensive when someone's trying to criticize you for being part of a system when you're like i'm not part of this system i don't approve this i don't think it's okay for women to get raped why are you lumping me in? you know like that's the first reaction so we need to be able to sit down and like push the conversation past like i get that you don't agree with women being raped okay like we're not trying to say that what we are trying to say is xxx it's a system that you're part of you know but you Mm -hmm. can only get to that point when you're sitting down having a rational reasonable conversation you're not Mm going to get anyone on your side if you're yelling fuck all men but also there just needs to be like more conversations about the positive like people are saying a lot about what they don't want while assuming men know what they do want like i feel like i feel like we you know we obviously don't have to explain like do not slap our bums yeah. But it's like Zach and Anton both want to know how they can help, but they don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, we need to like actually, there needs to be articles on that. There needs to be like conversation around it. Yeah. There needs to be like, I don't know, some sort of teamwork here, guys. Yes, exactly. Teamwork. That's all we ask for. Yeah. This episode of After Work Drinks is brought to you by Papier, which is very fitting, Izzy, as we're both writers. Yes, and we actually genuinely love stationery. I love a good notepad. Love a good personalised diary. As you know, this year I want to be very organised instead of my usual frazzled self, so I've got a notepad from Papier's new Romance Was Born collab. Very chic. They love a good designer collab, don't they? Yeah, they've done Mother of Pearl, House of Holland. What notepad did you go for? Mine is pink and it's covered in pictures of Elvis's face. Love that. Very you. What are the New Year's resolutions you're going to be using your Papier stationery for. So I want to stamp out my habit of double booking. What about you? I've bought a second diary and I'm going to use it as a money diary. Oh, very clever. Papier is offering an exclusive discount of 15% off for After Work Drinks listeners. Just enter After Work Drinks, all one word, at the checkout. All of the stationery is printed in Sydney, which we love, and you get free delivery on all orders over $75. Thank you to Papier. We love you, Papier. So another thing that popped up over the week was Margot Robbie, who basically just came out and I love her for this, said that to just over people ask, well, it kind of stems from Mary Queen of Scots, where Queen Elizabeth is being basically like told by all these old men that she has to reproduce. Yes. Um, and and heir, right? Yeah. Yeah. Produce an heir and marry and have kids. And then um, Margot's sort of just like, when I got married, the first question anyone asked me was, when am I going to have kids? Which seems so old school to me. Like, I can't be- Like, we're both journalists. Could you imagine ever asking a celebrity when she was going to have a kid? Absolutely not. Like, yeah. That's so fucking rude. Yeah, she said, <laughs> the first question in almost every interview is babies. When are you having one? Like, that's crazy. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, and it's just lazy journalism. So lazy, yeah. And just so backwards. So it just kind of got us, like, talking. So we talk about motherhood quite a bit. Yes. Um, And I think it's because we're getting to well we're like mid-20s and getting to the time when people around us are starting to have children and I don't know it's just such a it's just such a crazy thing because I would never ask anyone whether they whether they're trying for kids because you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes at all I think that's a recent thing I've realized though like if you asked me a couple of years ago why is it rude to ask someone when they're gonna have a baby I would have been like why like I would have been like isn't that like a nice 
thing. Only now, I think, because we know so many women who have had fertility issues or mm. spent a long time trying to have kids or have had struggles and mm. health problems and, and obviously like miscarriages and horrible things like that when you see how emotional that is for when you understand that it's a really personal question and they're asking them can actually like be horrible set something off in them absolutely and um i don't know it's just so hard i feel for our generation especially because women are getting pregnant a lot later like i think it was i think there was something i read and it was like over half of women who became mothers last year were over 30 yeah um surprise me yeah, but it's like obviously that is quite a huge shift yeah, in the generation huge. before us um, because we're pushing it back because we want to have careers and also because of like this new egg freezing frontier Yes, where it's basically being marketed that you can freeze your eggs and have a career and have it all. Yes. Um, but then it, there's like getting to that, a lot of women get to that age of like early to mid 30s and I was reading an article actually and the old issue of Marie Claire at the hairdresser the other day that yeah. I hadn't like gotten right the way through yet. And there was just this article about how men now, because everything's kind of pushed back that like they're spending their thirties as if they're in their twenties still. Right. And they're just like, like this, that's literally just like, well, why do we have to settle down yet? Like we don't have a biological clock that's ticking, which is just so selfish. Um, I know, but it's like they're just set. Like, yeah, it's just biology would, on their side yet again. Yeah, and now <laughs> they're not thinking about it until their forties. Yeah, which and like that's what and it was like a he said he said she said thing about, yeah. and they both said basically the exact same thing. I think it's we're in this like really difficult moment because it's like biology biology hasn't caught up with society, right? So mm. you've got all these women now who are spending all of their 20s focused on their career or traveling or basically just figuring your shit out like your 20s is this period where you just are getting a grasp on who you are and yet because our bio we know that as soon as you hit 30 having children becomes harder and as soon as you hit 35 it becomes really hard Mm. there's always this shadow i feel i I feel like a lot of women out age feel like Mm -hmm. there's always this shadow hanging over your head of you need to be planning five steps ahead about when you're having kids like ideally in my head, I wouldn't even start considering children until I was after 30. I could spend all of the rest of my 20s just traveling, living overseas, mm-hmm. like um, knocking off career checklists. But there's always that pit in my brain that's like, okay, well, are you going to be set up in a relationship? Are you going to be set up with the finances you need? Are you going to be set up in a job where you can take time off? You, it's always ticking away in my brain that you do not want to be the person who gets to 36 and is like, fuck, I really, 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 really want to have children and now I just can't. Mm, I know. And it happens so often. This is the thing. It happens to people. And I think we're lucky because we're – like I spoke before about Arielle Levy's book and she was in that position where she – felt like she'd been fed a feminist lie because she'd grown up in the 70s and 80s. Like she was born in the 80s, I think. And she said it was just that generation in between where they were told science is on your side, like biology is changing. You literally can just focus on your career till you're 35. You do not have to worry about it. And then she got pregnant via IVF at 36 and had a horrible, destructive, awful stillbirth and then couldn't get pregnant again. And she's just like, it's not we need to be fed both sides of the story which is like yes you should focus on your career and yes you can be a mother and have a career but at the same time you can't ignore the biology of your body if you know you want to have children you actually need to be planning 
And I feel like I know that that they, I know we've pretty much had this exact conversation, but I feel like that is still happening today to an extent where mm. a lot of women at like so the in the past three years this Australian fertility clinic has seen a five fold increase in women wanting to freeze their eggs and the average woman of wanting to freeze their eggs is 37 mm. however most fertility experts recommend doing it before the age of 35 yeah because these women are then thinking well I guess for them it might be like their last option but I just feel like we're still getting taught that like if you're not ready yet freeze your eggs it's it's so and it, like yeah has such a I don't know low chance of working yeah and it's so unfair because it's like the women that I know who were in the absolute prime perfect position to have kids mm. are the ones that struggled to have kids and who went through like years of heartbreak mm. and years of spending like IVF is expensive IVF is ten thousand dollars a go mm. and you just pay that you know so if you're ending up doing that three or four times that's thirty to forty thousand dollars and a lot of emotional pain you can't drink alcohol you can't drink caffeine you have to be on this crazy diet you're like always stressed mm. and to go through that at the exact point in life where you're like mature enough and at a good stage at your career and at a good stage of your relationship and then you can't have kids like it's just so yeah it's so tough. scary it's you're so fertile and ready to go when your brain is like so stupid and not equipped to look after a child mm. you know when you're like 21. Yeah, and I read an article today that said two and three millennial women have fertility concerns, but they just won't say that to anyone. Like yeah. two out of three of us. I have fertility concerns. I have, like, I stay awake at night thinking about it. Yeah, me too. It's, I'm worried. Like, it freaks me out so much. Mm. Yeah, and I think, like, another aspect of it, which is, which I can kind of understand, I can understand in terms of being insensitive to people. But like, I feel like it's really frowned upon to say that you don't want children or you don't think children are like in your future. And yeah, it's like assumed in that question when you're having kids that you have decided to have kids when that's not yeah. a given for anyone. Yeah. Um, and like I have never, ever thought like, I, I don't know, my views might change and I feel like it's, it, I feel kind of weird putting it on the record, but like, I've never really thought about having children mm. and everyone knows that. My partner knows that. My mum knows that. All my close friends know that. It's just never been a thing. And it's been, like, this has been um, years and years and years and everyone's sort of like, oh, it'll change as you get older. It'll change when you meet the right person. It'll change. I don't know. Just like when your friends start having children and I have an amazing godson who I love to pieces and like... When I'm with him, I just die and I always think about him. And my other really good friend has the cutest daughter in the world. I love them both so much. And when I am with them, I'm like, you're the cutest things in the world, but it does not make me clucky. Yeah. At all. And it doesn't make me think about having children for myself. Um, But like, I feel really weird saying that in public because I feel like it's just, I don't know, it's considered like unwomanly or like. I feel like it's like that vegan thing where like, if, if you're like to a vegan, why don't you eat? animal products and they're like oh i care about animals or whatever and then people are like whoa you think i don't care about animals you know what i mean like it's like if yeah you, if you say that you don't want to have kids people are like what's wrong with kids like yeah people just take yeah, no, it as like a and personal always, affront yeah and i always think that whenever i say this that i'm offending well i feel like i'm a bit against my friends who have children yeah like you're passing a judgment on them when yeah. obviously you're not yeah no 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 yeah or, or like i don't know i don't even know but i always feel weird about saying it um, but then again, I don't know, like what will happen in five years time? Maybe I will change my mind, maybe. But it's also like, there's a lot of, 
There's benefits to having a child, obviously, but like the only really benefit to having a child is that you will like it. Mm. Like on the other side of the list of cons, there's like a lot of things. Like you sacrifice so much of your lifestyle. Every single mother who I know who's being honest is like, you lose a huge chunk of your identity when you have Mm. a baby. You can fight against that, but it's like your whole focus shifts. Like I was... Did you ever read that book, The Nanny by Layla Slamani about the nanny who kills the babies? No. <laughs> it's really fucked. I'll lend it to you. But she, that author, she's a French author and she like talks in that very like French, like, I don't give a shit way. Mm-hmm. And I was reading an interview with her the other day and she was just saying that like, she wishes that she could just have two to three days off a month of being a mum. Like she's like, that doesn't mean I don't love my kids. I love my kids, but I don't always love being a mom. Like it's yeah. fucking exhausting. I miss being free. I miss being able to travel whenever I wanted. I miss being able to go out and get drunk when I wanted. I miss being able to spend lots of money on myself for no reason. Like you don't just stop wanting to do all of those things because you have a kid. Yeah, exactly. And also like you want, you loved, well, you might've loved your career, but then you love your children. And I feel like you just, you just then automatically love your children more than anything else in the entire world yeah exactly which makes you want to give up everything and wants makes you want to do yes. everything for them and but when like i'm like yeah when i like don't have one i'm like oh why would i like have this thing that would make me like not want to do anything else that i love now yeah just totally. to love it and, and and that in this book in sorry in this book in the like podcast series the esther perel series there are so many couples where they've like just had kids and just both flicked on autopilot for like 10 years Mm. and barely fucking Mm. spoken two words to each other that weren't about the kids and have like woken up because the kids are grown up and like oh we don't have a relationship now like we haven't had sex that wasn't like brisk and clinical in like 15 years you know like it's i already don't have time for sex yeah it just it just impacts all of these things but we still have this like weird it's like the rise of the mummy blogger we still have this very like revered obsession with motherhood like an almost like not religious but like this Mm -hmm. like god like like the mother like i actually remember it's just coming back to me now over the break um i said like just in this in this pretty much way like people were talking about it was i was with four women and they were talking about children and we'd had a few roses (laughs) and i was like oh like I, i don't know i've just never really thought that it was for me like maybe i'll change my mind i don't know said yeah. it in that very pragmatic way that i have to say it and to not be yeah. judged <laughs> and automatically there were like two on one side yeah being like oh i think about children all, all the time like i really want to be a mother and then sort of me and another girl who was like trying to mediate because it was just yeah. it was just the for and the against and it was just this fight and i was like oh like i'm stoked if you want to have children like that's epic. yeah i'm not like, saying don't have a yeah, child like, it was just so weird it was suddenly like everyone got their back up and yeah it was just like thinking that they had to defend their decision to want to have a child it's like of course like wanting to have a child with the person you love and like creating this human together and yeah. watching it grow would be like the most rewarding thing in the world that's how i feel about having a puppy yeah like it's just like <laughs> i want a fucking puppy so bad and yeah. then every single time that you've seen me yeah like how i am with dogs like i just lose my I was like fucking... what was that dog you posted the other day and you're like i just saw it on the street like you just stopped and yeah, I stopped and was just rolling yeah. around on the grass with this puppy and I realised it lives like pretty much next door to me. I've seen it every yeah. morning. Oh, heaven. Woman's like actively like trying to take a different route home. Um, but yeah, like that's how I, like I know it's a completely different thing comparing animals and children. But that, like when I see a dog, I'm just like, I can't fucking wait to have one of you. I can't wait. I love animals and I just like don't really love humans that much. Yeah, totally. And I also think there's too many of us in the world already. And even like Oprah... She yeah. never had kids. And she said, 
like if I had kids, my kids would hate me. They would have ended up on the equivalent of the Oprah show talking about me because something in my life would have had to suffer and it probably would have been them. Yeah, totally. And I, I honestly do believe from like a moral standpoint that a lot of people have kids that shouldn't have kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And it causes so many problems in the world. Like yeah. I, me and Zach are very like on the same page where we're like, you should not have kids until you have sorted out a lot of your shit first. Mm. Like you have almost have like a moral obligation to figure all your... But then hang up some weird stuff out just happens then it happens and yeah yeah of course it'll be amazing and also if you did that you just wouldn't be able to start trying to have kids till you're like 60 <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like there's just never a good time exactly but um yeah i like i don't know you guys are all probably gonna see me in five years time with like triplets on one fucking yeah, head like, kids like don't, who knows? don't listen to mummy's podcast yeah. please yeah. <laughs> you'll know you were definitely a mistake but yeah that's the thing like if i got pregnant i'm like with a a man i really love he wants children one day so that's another thing that we've like had to talk about we talked about when we first got together and i said look this is how i feel about kids but it was all very like you know he was just like oh i don't really care i'm 24 or 23 at the time he was just like yeah whatever um, and then as we've gotten a bit older and as like more serious plans start to form, I like last year, but you sat him down again and was like, just so you know, I, I haven't like changed this. my yeah. mind yet. I still feel like this. Yeah. Yes, there is a chance, but it's a, it's a fairly slim chance at the yeah. moment. Um, and he was just like, well, I definitely want kids. And that's just okay. where it ended. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, it's good to be on or not on the same page, but be <laughs> on opposite pages and living good life together. to know together. each other's pages. Yeah. Um, and, and my mom said as well, because her and my dad got married when they were, when my mom was 22 and she didn't have Callum, she didn't have me till she was 31 and Callum till she was 34. So really? They had like nine years of not having kids when oh, all their things nice. were. And she was like, it honestly just, a, a, a switch flicked one day. Like we were like, yeah, we yeah. were just like traveling all the time, going to concerts all the time. We were just like, maybe we will never have kids. Like mm-hmm. we just don't care. And then one day they were just like, ah, oh, maybe them. we will. Yeah. yeah. And it just yeah, like, that's why I'm like yeah. very wary of being like firmly on the anti-camp when I'm like still in my mid twenties and yeah. there is a high possibility like that I want to be with Anton for the rest of my life. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, something's got to shift and it's yeah. probably my ovaries. <laughs> Did you know that childcare costs the same as like a salary? Yeah, like mums who come back to the workforce mm-hmm. are deciding to work, but they don't. Ha- they don't have to. It would, yeah, the, it would cost the same to stay at home with the kid. They're doing it for their own sanity. Yeah, I think you can even. make like a bit more, but it's basically not really worth it at all. You're probably you're probably like making like a day's work in a week. That is fucking mm. insane. It's- it's that's literally care. insane. I, like, I, I, I was like, I cannot believe that's true. The cost of childcare has risen up to seven times faster than wages since 2008. <laughs> I highlighted that today because I was like, that's crazy. Right, that literally blew my brain up. I was like, how, like, why aren't, why isn't there a women's march for that? Like, that's just so wrong and mm. off. No wonder women can't make it in the workplace. Mm. And then, like, we're one... literally just destined to fail. Like, I know it's financially beneficial for us to not go back to work. And also, like, at the time you start planning to have children, you're at like probably the peak of your career, and then you just have to go and take time off, and then you realize that going back, you're going to be like, yeah, and, like some little twenty six year old bitch is going to like come in and while yeah. you're on maternity leave and like yeah. snake your job. Yeah, that yeah. is a mess. You have to be like that crazy Yahoo woman who like 
went back to work like six hours after having twins or oh something like that's what you I have know. to do to yeah. like... and the thing is like your priorities change so much when you have a kid as well that it's like you just you just don't really care anymore like I, I feel like yeah. that's one thing that I would love would be that if I left a job that I really 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 cared about and then I had a kid and I was like wait a minute like this is not what life's about yeah life is about like showing this thing the best yeah. like, that you know it's like not about this stressful job where you, like you stress out too much for someone making someone else's money and like yeah getting all like anxious and about like being in this corporate office and then you have a kid like I just I like I like love that story I love it's that just story like, too but I know so many people who are like playing with your kid all day is boring oh yeah 100% <laughs> like, like, it literally is mind-numbing it's like it's only just becoming this wide-known thing that stay-at-home stay-at-home depression for mothers is like a really is it massive thing yeah I didn't know that yeah there was a new huge study on it and it's because you're at home confined to your home with this child who can't even like speak yes and just speaking baby to it anyway should we wrap this up yes and also please um post about us on Instagram stories yeah we love we love love that like it's a highlight of our Mm -hmm. day so it's true and it gets the word out about us because we're very humble and discreet yeah slash i don't know not really we need to start an instagram but can't be bothered basically yes but please share spread the word rate review subscribe subscribe bye see you next week bye oh join our facebook group yes after After work drinks podcast podcast Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.